Self-love can be so tricky. That's why the Talking Out Loud podcast is here to help. I'm journalist and host Janae Mercer, and I am so glad you're here. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to season three of Talking Out Loud. Today, I'm joined by Claire Falconer, a preconception, pregnancy, and postpartum expert, and PT, yoga, functional medicine, and nutrition coach. Claire has been really open about her own stories with miscarriage, and now she has a healthy, fluffy-cheeked little boy. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. It's really nice to be here and chatting with you. To start, I'd love you to share your story. You've been really open about your loss, and given your expertise in prenatal health, I think it's particularly powerful, and I just love all the wisdom and insight you can offer into it. Wow. Okay. Where to start? Um, <laughs> do you want me to start in my own personal journey or um, like work journey? Um, <laughs> start with your own personal journey. That'd be wonderful. Okay, sure. So um, at, I think it was 2019, me and my husband got married and basically um, straight off the bat, I was like, okay, we're going to start trying for pregnancy. Um, being a health and nutrition coach and being in this sort of area for a long time prior to that, I'd really prepped my body um, for many, many years. So I thought the whole falling pregnant thing and, you know, keeping a pregnancy would be quite easy for myself um, just because, you know, that's what I know. That's that's what I've helped women do for years and years. Um, so, Yes, I was very fortunate in the fact that I fell pregnant very soon. Um, and we, it was the start of 2020. Um, I was actually living in Dubai. Me and my husband decided to move back to Australia, where I'm from. And I had just found out I was pregnant. Um, and it was New Year's Eve, actually, when we found out I was pregnant. And we were so excited. Like it was just, there was not even a thought in my mind that anything wrong would happen. Um, and then unfortunately, when I was about eight weeks pregnant, I started to have a little bit of a bleed in which obviously raised alarms. I went to the doctor's, um, my heart sunk in, in immediately. Like I knew something was wrong and everybody says, oh, bleeding during pregnancy can be normal, all this sort of stuff. So here I was trying to hold on to some hope, but you know, you just know. And unfortunately I found out that there was no um, baby, um, no heartbeat. Um, and yeah, it took a about three to four weeks for me to finally let go of that baby. Um, I went down the natural route, um, which in hindsight wasn't a great option for myself. Um, and then, yeah, so that was very traumatic, both, both emotionally and physically. And I think the biggest surprise to me was how physical the whole process was. Um, you, you know, you always hear about everybody talking about the emotional side effects of um, miscarriage, but I don't think you really understand how physical it is. So, yeah, that was miscarriage number one. And then about straight off the bat, I was like, okay, so we had to have a DNC at about week 13 because I had retained um, placenta in my uterus still. So I had the DNC and then I just was like, okay, let's move on. Let's try for number two. So I waited until I had my first normal period, which was about two weeks after the DNC. Um, 
And then we started trying again. And again, I fell pregnant very soon. Um, and unfortunately, we lost our second one as well. It wasn't as traumatic as the first pregnancy because I had zero investment in this pregnancy. I, I was just mentally, I think, numb. Um, and I wasn't excited. I wasn't, it was just like, okay, yep, I'm pregnant. Let's see what happens. So when I lost it, obviously it was gut wrenching and it was an ultimate betrayal for my body, but it wasn't as traumatizing as the first one. So then from then on, me and my husband decided, let's just give it a rest um, for a little bit. I will seek help. Um, and I think that was a big thing for me because, as I said, I, I'd worked so closely with so many women over the past to help them overcome miscarriages, to help them fall pregnant, to help them keep pregnancy. Um, so ex accepting help from somebody was something that I was like, why do I need to do that? Because I already know it all. Um, and I know that sounds really arrogant, but it's sort of just like, I, it was just me coming to the realization that maybe I need to find somebody that can just offer me support. Um, so yeah, that was by the third time, um, I reached out to a fertility specialist and we did a load of tests and we actually found out that I had a clotting gene, um, which again, I would have never have known because that's not something I would test for, um, myself with my clients. It's, it's not nutritional based. It's, it's something that completely is I'm born with. Um, so the doctor said this could potentially be one of the causes of my consistent miscarriages. Um, so I, it was recommended that I go on the route of having a, um, blood thinning and injection regularly, um, when I fell pregnant next. And so, yeah, we then started trying again and we fell pregnant actually on our first time trying, which was really, again, exciting slash I didn't know what to expect because I was just completely, I guess, betrayed by my body. So I had no trust in what was happening. I had no intuition on the fact that I would the, I keep this or anything. So we just went with it and I started feeling morning sickness, which was a really good sign for me. I started, you know, getting all the feels and yeah, so it was, I mean, it was a beautiful slash complicated slash messy time, um, but I kept my pregnancy all the way through till week 41 and at week 41 I gave birth to my beautiful baby boy. So it was a very long and messy process, but we got there in the end. And I guess that's the really short version of it all. <laughs> okay. Thank you so much for talking us through that journey. I want to pull you back. You said no one ever talks about the physical side of miscarriage. If you're comfortable, it'd be wonderful if you could chat us through that. Yeah. So I think like what we always see online and what our doctors sort of refer to us as that, yes, it's going to be a really emotional time. Like you're going to, uh, you're going to be invested. You, you know, you've, you've lost something, you've lost a dream, you know, you've lost what you thought was going to happen. But what was the biggest shock for me was that the physical side effect of it. And even when I went into my doctor appointment, um, my doctor gave me the option. So in Australia, we had the option to miscarry naturally the pill um, that helps you miscarry or the um, DNC, so the operation. 
um, and you know, being this, you know, natural sort of warrior that I thought that I was, I was like, I want to go through it naturally. I don't want to take anything artificially. I want to feel everything. But had my doctor sort of given me the full awareness of what was actually going to happen, I would have maybe made a different decision, but she never did. She sort of was like, yeah, okay, cool. You can totally do this naturally. And here I am just thinking that it's going to be a painful period. Um, And so I think that was the biggest shock for me. So it wasn't even awareness from my doctor. It wasn't awareness online. Like we never sort of hear that or see that. It's always, as I said, just the the emotional side effect. And yes, don't get me wrong, the emotional side effect was huge for me. But I think because it was for me, it wasn't so much of mourning a life because it was somebody that I, or some, a baby that I'd never actually met. This is just my own personal experience. For me, it was more that I was mourning a dream. I had, I had planned the next 20 years, you know, I had, I'd fallen pregnant and I was like, wow, so this is my next 20 years. Um, you know, you envision everything with that baby. Um, so that's that part of it was a process to deal with. But the physical, I was I was bedridden. You know, I couldn't move. I lost a lot of blood. Like it, the actual miscarriage was far more painful than my labor with my baby now. Um, and I lost a lot more blood in my miscarriage than I did with in my labor as well. And even with that, you know, I went to hospital and they said, oh, yeah, you're not bleeding through a pad in an hour. So you're okay. This is just a miscarriage. And and that's what everyone just kept saying. Oh, this is just a miscarriage. You're one in three or you're one in four. You know, they'll just throw around that stat. Oh, it's normal. It's common. Um, and it's obviously those, you don't want to hear that right now. You don't want to be normal or common. Like this is not what you want. Um, you want to be supported. And, and that's how I, I didn't feel supported, unfortunately. And I was so thankful that I was at my mum's house when it happened because I just I was bedridden for a week after. I was dizzy. I was I couldn't move basically. Wow! And just to clarify, Claire mentions she was thankful she was in the house because Claire has spent the last two years in a in a sort of renovated van traveling Australia. So, I mean, it's it's really interesting to hear you say like how the how it was presented to you as something really normal Mm -hmm. I think for me that was one of the things I struggled with is I you know that the the doctors the medical staff who have been beyond incredible here they've actually been a a real blessing Mm -hmm. but all of them were like oh it'll just be like a painful period yeah and I I'm so lucky that I have this online community. And I did have some people kind of message just being like, Hey, heads up, <laughs> yeah, heads up. It can be, it, it, it can be a lot worse than a period. If that's happening, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's okay. And I know for me, I, I hit a point in the procedure, which I did, I did the pills in a hospital environment, which was yeah. again, a huge comfort mm-hmm. because it's so scary. Yeah. Absolutely. And there's a point where the pain yeah. And the pain got so bad. I, I was just, I was like, I, I can't do this. Like mm-hmm. I cannot. And I remember, you know, calling in the, in the doctors to be like, 
what else can I take to make this stop? It is never, I've never hurt this way before. Yeah. And they were kind of like, well, yeah, if you've never had incredibly bad surgery, that would make sense. <laughs> I was like, I was like, wait, so we, we know that this pain is coming and, and, and no one warns us. Like, why is that? Why do we kind of brush it under the rug, kind of hide it and, and, and almost normalize it. Right. Like it's, you'll be fine. Exactly. It's okay. You're fine. I'm like, if I broke my arm, you wouldn't just be like, well, no. don't worry, the pain's not going to kill you. Just just deal with it. <laughs> but, but it's expected. Exactly. And that's what dumbfounded me about it. And it was the after effect. It was like, you know, what wasn't spoken about was that after that miscarriage as well, like I am and you are, we're postpartum. Like we fell pregnant. Our pregnancy hormones are through the roof, all that sort of stuff. So we are postpartum. We need to treat ourselves postpartum. You know, when you're postpartum, when you give birth to your baby, you need that rest and recovery and, and restorative. You need to replenish your body. But you're never told that. You're like, yeah, yeah, it'll just be a painful period. And yeah, you can crack on with life. And you're like, wow, like that was the biggest shock. And what another, what I never was aware of as well is you actually have to, you have to pass that, you know, I, whatever, I, I still refer to it as a baby, but you know, the doctors will refer to it as cells, whatever you want to refer to it, you have to pass it. Yeah. And that, that was, I guess, like the mentally and physically traumatic side too, is this, yeah. Look, I, I, for me, I don't know if, if this were to happen again, I don't know if I would do the pills again, or if I would just do the other option you have, which you mentioned is the surgery. And mm-hmm. that I think my natural mind was like, no, I want to, I want to be a bit more natural. But for me, I, I needed, I wanted it to happen immediately and in a controlled environment. Yeah. Um, but it just, the oh, it's, it's, you know, it's something I really wish there was more transparency around. And it's, it's got me thinking a lot about female, like reproductive concerns and even things like mm-hmm. you know, the, um, the coil that they put inside you. I can't think of what it's called right now, but the, well, the coil that they put there's, there's many different mm-hmm. ones. Yeah. Yeah. The as, IUD. As birth control, IUD, IUD. And they, they do that without any painkillers. They're just like... And it is it is supposed to be incredibly painful, but it's just another thing that women are expected to just deal with. You know, <laughs> we don't do that with headaches. Why why are we doing that with what's happening in our in our ovaries? Why? <laughs> that just happens time and time again. You know, women present with pelvic pain, which is also common, and they just dismiss it. Yet a male would come to a doctor with pelvic pain, and they would be straight onto the. CT scans and everything. It is just the patriarchal society that we live in. I mean, and I yeah. see it time and time again with my clients and my work and it's, it's just crazy. I, I would love to pull you back to, you mentioned no one talks about how you are postpartum and you need to treat your body in that way. So will you talk to me a bit about what you did in your, you know, with your, your first miscarriage, even your second, if you, you'd like to talk about that to find your physical and mental balance again? Yeah. So, I mean, in that regard, I was super thankful that I, from all my knowledge and, you know, sort of education in that side of things um, and how to support a postpartum woman, because I was able to replenish my body and to really give myself the rest and recovery that I needed. But I mean, something that 
I think doctors as well tell women is, okay, yeah, you're going to miscarry um, and then you can get straight back on it. So I want you to start falling, you know, start trying immediately um, and they sort of don't take into consideration any of that. But what we need to know is that our pregnancy hormones have just gone from, you know, through the roof, we're pregnant and now all of a sudden we're, ma- we're not pregnant anymore. Um, so that time we really need to rest and recover and rejuvenate the body. So what I did was I basically just spent the whole week, two weeks in bed. Um, my, again, I was super fortunate. I was at my mom's house. So she just prepared meals for me. Um, I treated it as if I was had just given birth. Um, and, and that's what I did just to allow that recovery. I didn't go straight back into exercise. I, I just allowed my body and my mind to fully recover and replenish my iron stores as well, because I lost quite a lot of blood. So I, it was really important to eat nourishing foods, warming foods, um, you know, iron-rich foods. So I really put an emphasis on that, which I do think helped me a lot mentally and physically. Will you give an example of like what would be a, a healing meal? Um, so a healing meal, I would say, would be a really easy to digest meal. So you want to allow your digestive system to not be trying to, you know, break apart all these sort of raw foods. So you want to steer away from cold foods. You want to steer away from salads. You want to steer away from smoothies and you want to move into easily digested foods. So food that's already been, um, you know, most of the part really cooked and digested well. So we're talking about like slow cookers. Um, so put on a hot curry for all day, um, meats that are really broken apart. So you're getting that, um, you know, iron-rich source of food and um, glycine um, and really healing collagen from the meats that you're getting. Um, but as well, just like, I mean, the good old chicken soup, like I know that's such an old remedy, but it's a remedy for a reason because it is full of nutrients and it is super healing for your body so those are the sort of foods that you'd sort of step into and step away from the coldness um that your body is going to have a really hard time digesting how long would you say did it take you until you felt like yourself again to be honest it took for the first one it took me a while like i was fatigued for a long time. Um, and I think that was obviously a combination of physical and, and, um, emotional. Um, but also I think it was just, it took me a while to get back onto my feet because I felt so the betrayal. I I don't know if you feel the same, but I just, I felt so betrayed, um, that I just, it took me a while to get over that. So I don't think I fully got over that for a good few months, to be honest. And I do think that's the contributing factor as to why I miscarried for the second as well, because I wasn't fully over it. Will you talk a bit about what, what do you mean when you say betrayal? I had worked so hard. Um, you know, I, as I said, like I've been in the health and fitness space for 14 years now. So I've been working full-time with women from all walks of life all over the world to help them get their bodies and, and minds into the best possible shapes that they can to prepare themselves for you know, pregnancy um, and postpartum. And I too was doing that. So I had really 
knew that I wanted to get pregnant and I was probably preparing for pregnancy for about five years prior. So I think it was just that I thought that I was going to be okay, if that makes sense. I think everybody does. Everybody thinks that you're going to be okay, right? You never think that you're going to lose the baby, do you? But I think it was just that I had done everything that I possibly could and I, I still lost I still lost it and I was just looking around me and I got bitter and that's what was awful as well because I was seeing these people around me have babies and fall pregnant and I was like but you were so unhealthy like what are you doing you know and and that's also got me and I didn't like the person that I was becoming because I was hearing pregnancy announcements and I was almost like I'm not happy for people and and that was a horrible place to be because I literally couldn't even be happy for other people because I was I felt so betrayed from my own body. Do you think searching out this this fertility expert who did all the tests did that help you feel more empowered again and, and find that trust in your body again? Yeah, I think definitely because I I'm, you know, the typical type A personality where I think I, you know, can just control it all and have everything done by myself. So I think just relinquishing control was a huge step for me. And even though the doctor would sort of like, yeah, you've got that covered, you've got that covered, you've got that covered. But it was good just to be like, just tell me what to do, even though I know. Do you know what I mean? And and that was really like just relinquishing that control was huge. And and when he found that um, blood clotting gene, it was like, oh, wow, like I've never even known about that. Um, so it was sort of another thing that sort of was like, okay, I did this for a good reason. And it was really nice. And unfortunately as well, when we did all the testing with him, he actually found out that I had a low egg reserve as well. So that was a a big downer, um, on the journey because I just had two miscarriages. Then I saw him and then he found out that I had a low egg reserve. My mum went into menopause early and so did my grandma. So I guess it's a recurring thing that goes on in our family. But I was just like, and then I was completely like, I'm never going to have a baby. It's just not going to happen. So it was a, it was a roller coaster of emotions. That's for sure. And then you have all the hormones and the tests and everything. And when when you got pregnant with Bo, is that, is that, am I pronouncing it right, Bo? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just the cutest little baby. Um, when you got pregnant <laughs> with him, how did you feel? Oh, my God. So it was, it was really tough. Like um, initially, like I was just trying not to be excited. I was actually, we had decided then to like travel Australia and just let my hair down and just relax. Um, so we were traveling Australia. We were on a boat in the Whitsundays. I, I'm you know, not sure if anyone's familiar with that, but it's like the most beautiful islands in Australia on the Great Barrier Reef. And I had, I was spotting and I was like, I've, I've never spotted in my whole period before. So I thought, okay, I'm going to take a test because this is really strange. And, you know, of course, me being me, I had a test on board with me and I found out and immediately my heart sunk because I'm like, we are in the middle of the ocean in the Great Barrier Reef and I am pregnant. 
so it was just like, wow. So we quickly got to land and then I had to start taking my medication. So I needed to get um, daily injections um, of Clexane, which is a blood thinning injection um, into my stomach. And as well, I got supported with progesterone pessaries. Um, and so we started that and basically every day I would go to the toilet and I would check any little, you know, sort of wetness or anything I would just be like oh there I am I'm bleeding so it was honestly the first 13 weeks was awful but every single week I was like oh my god I'm one more week pregnant like okay I'm one more week pregnant and I went for the six week scan I expected to see nothing and I saw a heartbeat and I was like oh my god and then on the 13 week scan I expected to see nothing and I saw my baby so it was sort of like I constantly kept getting you know these beautiful reminders that I was pregnant and but it wasn't mentally I just completely detached and I um yeah it's just like I held on hope but I just had no excitement if that makes sense at all um and then (laughs) it's just like I was protecting myself I think um and then at week 13 they found that I had a subcoronic hematoma which basically means a bleed in my uterus um so that was really scary because there's more chances of you miscarrying with those that as well um so from week 13 to week 20 basically I didn't know if that had gone but by week 20 we had my scan and it was had it, it had gone the subcoronic hematoma and Bob was looking good and it was about week 20 that I finally said all right I'm pregnant and I was like okay it's time now we're just going to embrace it I need to forget about the past and I need to you just fully embody this pregnancy and and basically that's what I did from week 20 onwards so from week 20 to week 41 I loved absolutely every single moment no oh, that's that just warms my heart because I I'm just picturing I you know I've you you've shared really openly the pregnancy and your journey with the bump and then you are such you're such a, a kind of petite woman and Bo is a giant baby <laughs> there's a lot of baby yeah. there so it's, just, oh, no. <laughs> it's just the cutest thing um how would you mind talking a bit about how did you navigate the dynamic with your partner through all of this I I get a lot of messages with women that are kind of struggling with unsupportive partners or partners who don't understand and if you feel comfortable, would you, would you like to talk about that a bit? Yeah. I mean, in regards to, um, his, like through the miscarriage, you mean the support? Yes. Yeah. Or through the pregnancy. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm so fortunate. Like Luke, my husband was just incredible. Like, I think through the miscarriages, he, he found it hard because he could see all that I was going through but he couldn't do anything like, I mean, and that's what men want to do, right? They want to, they want to stop things from happening and they want to change things, but he couldn't, he just had to be there and he had to carry me when I needed to be carried. And, and that was all that he could do. So I think, I think that was really, and also he's mourning as well, you know, so, and that's something I think that we need to recognize as well is that our husbands are also going through loss um, because, you know, he was just so, he 
was so excited about us having a baby. So I think it was, it was a huge thing for him as well. Um, and then during the pregnancy as well, like he was going through all the motions. He was super hesitant at first. We didn't actually tell any of our family or anything. Um, whereas the first two pregnancies, we told our family straight away. Um, so we left it, we held off. And then by about week 14, we started to talk about it. Um, and it, he was the same. It took him to about week 20 and then he was finally excited. And I think that was a really nice journey to go through together. And as I said, I, I was just so lucky because he was, he was really, really supportive on every single front. So yeah, it was, it was pretty amazing. Mm, that's, that's beautiful to hear because I know not everyone has had that experience. And I think miscarriage and loss can be one of those things that pulls you closer or does create a bit of a divide. I, I would love to switch the topic just a little bit and, um, and ask you about your, your body image. Like how did your body image or your awareness of kind of your physical self, how did it change if it did change throughout this journey? Yeah. So, I mean, as I um, touched on previously, I think initially with the miscarriages, um, I've never felt more betrayed by my body um, because, as I said, I'd done everything to make sure that I was in the best shape physically and mentally, emotionally to give life. So I think that's – initially I I hated my body. I was like, why? Like I just didn't understand. So it was the first time that I'd really, really not – been happy in the body that I was. And, and that was something really hard to digest, I think. Um, but as I, as my third pregnancy, as it got along, um, it completely switched. Oh my God. Uh, it, I was literally just like, I am the happiest I've ever been. I felt the sexiest I've ever felt. Um, I was growing bigger everywhere. My, you know, my stretch marks and my bum were getting bigger. My cellulite was getting more, um, but my boobs were getting bigger and my belly was growing. And I was just like, never in my life have I felt so sexy than I did when I was pregnant. Like I would keep my pregnant body all the time. Like I, I seriously do miss it because it was – like creating life, I don't know, it just gave me a whole different um, like appreciation of my body and, and what it's actually for. And it was just incredible. So, yeah, it just – it didn't matter about bikinis or what I looked in like that anymore. It was just all about the actual reason why I have this body and why I'm a woman is to give life. And I don't know. I just – I loved it. I thought it was just the most beautiful experience. And what about your your postpartum body? Because I, I know a lot of women really struggle with the physical changes, the stretch marks, the things that maybe are a little looser or – shifted during pregnancy how did you navigate that yeah I think for the same exactly the same things as I said with the pregnant body I've um I've been really happy with my postpartum body as well um I it's just 
I, I don't know, I can't get over the fact that I made a life. So that's all my I see my body as now. It's just the most, I mean, I think all women's bodies are just so incredible. So I don't really care what it looks like. I don't care that I have extra stretch marks. It literally has not even occurred to me, to be honest, um, because it's like I, I literally, I, I produced a life and that's, I just look at my baby and I'm like, I can't believe I did that. Like, so for me personally, that's, I think, and maybe because I'm still in the early-ish stages of having a baby, I've just not even occurred to me that maybe I'm unhappy. But um, no, I'm, I'm really, yeah, I just, I'm in awe of my body. That's, that's beautiful. And fitness, I know, plays a, a big role in, in your life. I know you, you had these wonderful like second and third trimester wellness and fitness programs. So what, what role do you think fitness should play in pregnancy and what advice do you have for, for our community? Oh, wow. Okay. So this is like, <laughs> could be a potentially a very long conversation, but um, let's make it short. So, I mean, I think fitness and health and well-being should play a huge part in your pregnancy and postpartum journey. Um, I think fitness often gets a bad rep because you often think of, you know, fitness being really excruciating or really grueling but I think that what we need to you know re put the narrative in this way is that you're supporting and you're nourishing your body um, and you're honoring what's happening and honoring the changes so I think pregnancy you 100% should be moving because the health benefits not only for you but also your baby are undeniable um, if you actually move during pregnancy, but it's about stepping more into a supportive movement, something that you're going to, um, you know, really honor your body and honor the changes that are going. So you don't want to be doing, I mean, for some women, they might be able to, um, but let's just say general population, you don't want to be doing a hundred burpees every day when you're pregnant. It's about moving more into helping Bub get into a really good birthing position, which you can do that through movement, helping open up and relax your pelvic floor, which you can do through movement. It's about helping reduce stress. It's helping, you know, release all those endorphins to make you feel good, to make you feel sexy, to really help you embrace the pregnancy as well as to help support you through your postpartum period. Um, I mean, yeah, there, I could go on about all the benefits, but basically you just want to be doing supportive and nourishing movements um, rather than anything grueling. And to be honest, that goes for your preconception as well. Like you want to, in your preconception phase, so when you're looking to fall pregnant, I work with a lot of women and it's about stepping into your monthly cycle and honoring the changes that are going on in that monthly cycle and working with your ebbs and flows and um, really taking downtime when you need it. And when you're feeling more energetic, like your ovulation time, then maybe you want to hit it a little bit harder. So would you give an example of someone in the preconception phase who is honoring or who wants to be honoring their kind of natural rhythm? Talk us through what you would tell a client. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. So um, basically I mean, again, this is a really long topic, but I'll try to condense it a little bit. So um, what I do with a lot of women is, um, so we work on a 28-day cycle, a give or take. Obviously, some women might be more of a 32-day cycle. Some women might be, 
you know, 29, but let's say 28 for the sake of 28, okay? Um, men work on a 24-hour cycle. So hormonally, men change exactly who they are every single 24 hours. Whereas us, we are a different person every single day for 28 days. So we really need to honor that within our work, within our movement, within our um, social engagements. So within movement and exercise, what I like to do is sort of in the first half of your cycle. So when you're in the menstruation phase, you want to be really doing slow and restorative type movements. So you maybe might be doing more like yoga or, um, you know, something more supportive in that or a low impact body weight workout. And then as we move into your second half, into the ovulation phase, you want to, you know, when you're feeling more sexy, you're feeling more vibrant, you want to maybe ramp things up and start getting more into that energetic type movement. Um, and this way you're honoring not only your body's cycle, but you're also helping support the ebb and flows of your hormones. So you're not overburdening, you're not um, allowing those cortisol, your stress hormones to be shooting through the roof. You can do this by um, nourishing your body as well through food. So not calorie counting, not uh, you know deprivation, allowing your body to really just fuel and become the best possible person you can it's so interesting and it's something I think only in my 30s did I really start to become aware of my cycle and the whole process around that and I think it is so it is so empowering to be in tune with kind of the natural female body as it ovulates and as it the hormones fluctuate I'm aware of time and I would love you to sort of share a piece of advice or something that you you wish you would have known about about your body about um, pregnancy about any of this like what what's something you really want the community to know um i think the best possible thing i could say is knowledge is power um and i think that goes for everything in life is that seek out advice seek out support seek out education um empower yourself with knowledge on how you you are as a person how your body is how you react um as well as the science of things um because i think by empowering yourself with knowledge you have choices and decisions to make and and that is i think the most important thing when you're dealing with your body and preconception and pregnancy is about preparation it's about giving yourself the empowerment through knowledge Wonderful. Where can people find you if they want to want to know more or want to speak with you directly? Um, so you can find me on Instagram at Coach by Claire. Um, and yeah, that's probably the best place to find me. And I have a website on there as well, which I have my trimester two and trimester three programs on there. So, yeah. And also, Claire, you do personalized coaching. You help women with their own journeys, correct? Yeah, 100%. So, yeah, I work one-on-one with a load of women to help through the preconception pregnancy and postpartum periods, as well as all walks of life, to be honest. Um, uh, but they're my sort of main focus at the moment. And, yeah, I've created a few different programs as well to help you supporting on those journeys. Fantastic. Well, thank you so, so much, Claire, for joining us. It was a really informative and powerful episode. And I know I, for one, have already gained so much insight and I, I feel better with my own journey. So I really appreciate that. 
And I just want to thank all of you for tuning in. Make sure you are subscribed to hear the rest of season three. I'll talk to you next time. Thank you so much. 